0: Okay, so in the eighth grade, I was not exactly a model student, especially with homework. If I couldn't get it done in the 15 or 20 minutes I had in the morning before school, then chances were not good. And one day, I rolled into Valleywood Middle School and quickly realized there was a problem. A big assignment was due that morning. We were supposed to conduct an in-depth interview with a senior citizen and write a report on the exchange. <sighs> Ms. Carver gave us three weeks to do it and I hadn't done anything, not one sentence. But there is nothing like blind panic to inspire heroic efforts. There was no time to actually interview a real person. So I made up a person who could have been real and interviewed him instead. My masterpiece was entitled, Times They Sure Have Changed, an interview with Mr. Claude Johnson. It began with Mr. Johnson remarking that, indeed, times, they really have changed over the years. Why it used to be you could get two licorice pops for a penny, but no more, Mr. Johnson had a lot to say. The buildings, why, they've gotten so big. And the cars, the cards have gotten so fast. Oh, my. Concluded, Mr. Johnson. Times, they sure have changed. The end. <laughs> All right. Now, I may have neglected to mention one part of the interview. You see, in my paper, in addition to times sure have changed in the price of licorice, Mr. Johnson made a startling admission near the bottom of page three. He said that he and his friends loved nothing better than chasing black boys down and beating them with sticks. Mr. Johnson marveled. Wow, those black boys could run. Mr. Johnson later admitted that it was a terrible thing to have done, and he sure was sorry about that. Why? Did Mr. Johnson do these terrible things? I do not know. But at the end of the first period, I proudly turned in my paper just like everybody else. And one week later, Ms. Carver began class by congratulating us on the fine work we did on the senior citizen interview. In fact, she said some of the papers were so moving, so inspiring, that she forwarded them on to the superintendent for special consideration. Well, Ms. Carrick did pass my paper on to the superintendent. And yes, the superintendent's interest certainly was piqued. So interested was he that he came to our classroom and asked me to accompany him to his office right now. And I was like, uh-oh, the gig is up. Mom and Dad are going to be ticked. He walked me to his office. He asked me to sit down. And then the superintendent told me that he wanted to award my paper a special academic honor. Of course, I agreed that would be fantastic. And then he said, you know, there's been a few racial incidents at this school we'd like to address from a community standpoint. Your interviewee, Mr. Claude Johnson, had some very interesting things to say about the whole race question. I want him here at the school to address a special student assembly. Lord have mercy. The superintendent wanted to meet Mr. Johnson, but of course, That could never happen. There was only one thing to do. I had to kill Mr. Johnson. At once. But before committing the murder, I set up his demise. Yes, sir, Mr. Superintendent, sir. I will certainly ask him. But I must tell you, Mr. Johnson is really, really old and weak and frail and cold. He's always cold, and you know, he said that he didn't know if he had very much time left. That's what he told me, but I will certainly do my best to bring him to the school. And I left. I waited two days. Then I knocked on the superintendent's door. My eyes were puffy, my voice halting. There's been some bad news, Mr. Superintendent, sir. Mr. Johnson passed away from a terrible disease. Terribly painful, but sudden, very, very very sudden. Of course, he won't be able to come and speak to the school. I'm okay, but thank you for your concern. I walked away and at first I felt kind of bad, I did but later it occurred to me that it was their expectations of me that made them believe what they wanted to believe. And that's what brought Mr. Johnson to life, Snappers. Not some lazy 13-year-old kid, no. They say you can't judge a book by its cover, but we do it all the time. Sometimes things are just as they seem, but sometimes you have to take a closer look. To understand what's really going on. Today, on Snap Judgment, from PRX and NPR Face, face value. value. Real stories from real people forced to step back, reconsider, and wonder if they have painted someone with the wrong brush. My name is Glenn Washington, and you're listening to Snap Judgment. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.